Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to Let's Drone Out. Tonight uh, we are joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Hello. The man that should only have a moustache, Stephen. Hello. Leave it out. My darling wife, Tony. <laughs> Bonjour. From across the pond, like, well, the other side of the world, where if you dug, drilled a hole straight through the earth, we've got Paul... From BMS hey. Hello, guys. And we have got uh, BMS Thomas. G'day. So, that, how are you doing, the, guys? We have not one. had you on for years. And yeah. for that whole time, there's been like the end of the world. We've got yes. a plague. Now we've got a war. Uh, I don't even think you can fly over Russia to get to us. You're going to have to go the other way around. Yes, yes. If we look at a flight radar and there's like this big like hole in the sky where aircraft just fly all the way around it. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, Crazy. man. I just think the reality of these last couple of years has been mind-blowing. Like it's, you know. If they turned on that kaleidoscope thing, didn't they, in Switzerland, the hydroscope or whatever it's called. Oh, they turned that on. That the Hadron Collider. The kaleidoscope. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's that, it's that like totally... Thing. Tony, look, Tony, I'm look at the glad particles. Your opinions are based <laughs> on raw facts, not I misinterpretations. Everything changed. I'm telling you, it's that. Um, so I have noticed you guys on Instagram, and I, I got I got reminded that you guys exist. Yeah. Uh, Thomas has won absolutely every everything. race known to man. Uh, they've they've changed uh, DHL to your name. People don't even show up. I mean, the the stick movement is unreal. Just full <laughs> deflection, sideways round, gate posts and all sorts. It's been yeah. incredible. We're still watching. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I always like the fact that the quad builds are very neat as well. They're always very... Just like, you know, like loads of racing cords are always bashed up and stuff. When I see pictures of your ones and you keep doing the little pose sort of ready to go, don't you? They yeah. always look very sleek and lovely. You don't crash, that's why. Yeah, he just like just flies quiet. around. Oh, they're, they're fine. Yeah, I wish I didn't crash. I crashed a bit yesterday, but we, we made it through okay. Thomas is a bit, is, is, is a very little bit, isn't it, Tom? You probably won't admit to that, will you? It's too much, too much. Like we, we tried a thing. Um, was it the last video we released? The one on the Foxier quad, was it? I thought it was the last what? video we put out. No, there's another video we put out on Betaflight and the actual tune for it. But we had this idea where Thomas was doing a um, uh, um, 
a build video on this Fox Air quad. Um, and we did that. And then I had to, we did a test flight with it, and I suggested that he actually race it. And I thought it's going to be really good as far as the video goes because what, what I envisaged happening was Thomas would go out with this race quad and actually race it at a proper race meet, and he would struggle with it. And it was going to make for a more interesting video in that, you know what I mean, he loses a few heats and eventually comes back and wins, you know what I mean, just something different. Um, he raced it two weekends ago. We made the video, but you pretty much won all the heats, did you, Tom? <laughs> I mean, Which, yeah, I got there eventually, but... Oh, I expected more easy. of a story to it, you know what I mean, adapting to a new quad and the struggles with it and all that sort of stuff, and it didn't really happen. Right, still next time, Thomas, it needs to be done with a cine quad, cine whoop. That'd be hectic. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what you should do is, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but do you remember Ke, uh, Kenichi, uh, is it Chinara? You know, the, the guy who invented drifting, and Thomas should be oh, racing yeah, with like rubber up, gloves. Yeah big thick welding gloves on and like <laughs> yeah. you know like he, he's got to hold the controller like the other way round and he's got to <laughs> race like that oh my gosh dude there's a heli pilot i believe from dubai and yeah. literally you look at his instagram videos he's like relaxing like just chilling like like he's on a sofa or something just using the controller or whatever just flying this 3d heli making it do all kinds of crazy 3d heli madness and it's it's actually so sick. I want to be able to do that one day and just Did you see Min Chan's uh, line of sight stuff round at Bardwell's house? He was just doing a, a little bit of light line of sight flying on his uh, racing quad. I haven't seen that video, but I did build yeah. a line of sight quad back in 2018. When I was at DR1, I got Min Chan to actually fly my line of sight quad because my line of sight's like okay, it's enough to test quads and make sure they work, but it's not like actual aerobatics that are pretty. So, but then Minchan did his Minchan thing, and uh, it was pretty sick. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I've seen him doing it above a crowd before. That was quite Yeah, he he flew in a... It was like in a theatre or something he was doing it. I've seen... It definitely was him flying above quite a lot of people. Yeah. Obviously not this guy. Um, maybe it's like it's okay. Could... I'm twenty mistakes high. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> for him. Maybe your dad should build like a jig to hang you by your feet. That might be quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah. Often mitts, cine cords, uh, or yeah. yeah, hanging upside down. Or perhaps we could make you. a competition. Can you build a quad that Thomas can't win with? It has no, to be able to fly, can. but that's it. Yeah, it's like we yeah. can we can break out the old 3S ZMR 250s with the GM Fan 5030s that are super flexible. See what you can do with that. Are you still running the JS1? <laughs> yes, I am. So that's the frame that we designed. God, that was back in 2019. Did we do a show with you guys in 2019? I don't was that know. I think 2018 might have been the last time. But yeah, we we designed that's that. Cool. Um, still racing it now. Uh, we made small updates throughout the course of its life, but nothing really big enough to warrant like a new name or anything like that. It's all just been, you know, small radius changes, uh, in- improving the tolerances of some of the gaps in parts. So, like the roll cage is now going better than they used to. Um, it's been a lot of little changes, but otherwise, yeah, same frame. Man, that is that is mad, mind you. I I, I found out that Foxy have 
released some ESCs that four in one that are like four hundred and no one hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, chip, chip shortage has been tough. Like everything, I mean, I guess for me, I'm obviously being a sponsored pilot. I don't tend to normally focus on the prices of things. It's just sort of this is okay. Well, let's get this to get this to work how we want or whatever. Um, but just lately, especially because we do some product development now and we work with these companies like in a product development sense, actually seeing how the prices change, where even like uh, with Radio Master, where mm. their radios were before COVID versus afterwards in price, and hearing them having issues trying to find the right chips and you know being back ordered for months and months and months, where they've got everything to build this radio, but just like a few of those chips that you know, just everyone wants and they can't do anything about it. And then now as it goes on and on, it's like material shortages and this and that. So it's a, it's a crazy world we live in at the moment. That's for sure. Mm. You know, you know, things are serious when like Intel literally build a plant in Dubai and then just have like manufacturing concrete for themselves and stuff like that. Like, you know, you just think, you know, like you literally have to do everything yourself in order to ensure your your supply chain. So yeah, I think especially for a company like Intel, where there's just going to be such a huge demand and it's only going to be growing. So for them, it's like basically a must just to keep up with the sort of the, I guess the flow of products and everyone wanting their stuff and needing it. So especially, I think, I think after COVID, a lot of things now are more online. Like the amount of people that are coupled with computers and just sort of integrating them into their daily lives is way higher, I think, than it was even a couple of years ago. Yeah, mm. definitely. So um, what's your setup? Are you still running the T-Motors? Are you still running um, 6S? Yeah, so what we have, so we have the JS1 frame. Yeah, um, I'm using an orange pod now for the real racing, which is fun. But uh, the BMS Raptor V2s, so they're an updated version of the BMS Raptor V1 motors, um, just a little bit lighter, a little bit higher response. Uh, we changed some of the processes and how we manufacture things, so we've got a bit more efficiency there. Um, for the fly stack, I'm using uh, Foxia fly controllers. The uh, What's it called? F722 Mini Pro, and then also the Mini Ensemble. But I'm planning on switching them all to the Pro because the Pro's got more features. Okay. Uh, and then ESCs is the Foxy Reaper 45 or the Hobbywing 40 amps. And then frame. I'm oh, sorry, not frame. We've done it. Uh, like the video system, we're rocking uh, TBS Unified Pro 32s, uh, TBS Unified Pro UFLs at the moment. But then I also have the SMA pigtails if I want to switch to that mm. and then trace I'll crossfire depending on where I'm flying if it's like in the middle of a city race then crossfire if it's sort of normal normal environment then I'll go to tracer for the lower refresh rate and yeah better better link for control and then for camera Foxia Predator V4s and V5s mm. so I've just got a bit of a job you actually get them yeah, well, I haven't actually done an order with them in ages, to be honest. So I think I tend to mainly break things in racing. And so because there hasn't been much racing in the last couple of years, only just started really for us this year, 
Um, I haven't really been breaking much. So, been flying a fair bit, but not really destroying gear. So, not a lot of the stuff to, that I have. Not been tempted to play with HD0 yet, then? Um, we had an old shark bite system that we got from. Do you guys know Strepto? Uh, um, no, I don't. Uh, okay, so back in the day, he was the guy that used to travel around with Chad Nowak. Chad's mate. Um, yeah. So he was in Melbourne. This is like early. I think it was, was 2021 or 2020. I have no idea anymore. That whole like two year gap is like a big blur. Yep. But, uh, somewhere in there, he came past. He dropped off a HG Zero system, not HG Zero, Sharkbite system. Um, so we've worked on that a bit. Like I've got a JS one that runs the DJI HD and one that one runs the HD Zero or the Sharkbite for me to just like mm. test it and so to just make sure I've got everything working. The Sharkbite cameras tried- were kind of sketch compared to what they have now yeah so i've i've got to update it and you know try new parts because i also want to build a frame that can run it properly so with the js1 we just got this sort of makeshift pod that's able to house everything for testing but it's not very durable it's literally just sort of like a shell to put the gear in and get data so sometime what style is the js1 i haven't i haven't seen that frame myself um can i do you want me to grab it? Now? Yeah, so go, yeah, grab yeah, one. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what do we have? We have what is my, in my opinion, the ultimate race frame design. So it is designed by me, fully. So uh, I'm quite biased. But yeah, it fits my needs exactly how I want. It uses a roll cage design. Basically, what we've got is some flat pieces of carbon that are arranged in a vertical fashion, uh, connected to the rest of the chassis through some standoffs. So instead and of just having like camera plates, they effectively go all the way front to back. Correct. Yeah, and they protect all the equipment from front-on impacts. So except for the camera, everything else is recessed into the roll cage. So front-on impacts, you have really good protection uh, right up to around 200 k's an hour. Obviously, it depends what you hit. If you hit metal or concrete, it's going to be a different story. But uh, for things like gates and flags, usually it works out okay. Uh, side on impacts, we protect that with the pod. Uh, it can't take as much of an impact as the front on, but this is mainly for your mid-air collisions and just sort of light taps. Keeps the dirt Is this 3D printed? Yeah, these are currently 3D printed. So we're looking at switching to vacuum-formed polycarb, but uh, we haven't really jumped on that yet because there's no racing at the moment, and we want to release that when the racing's more common and we know that, you know, getting a mold made up for it and whatever is going to be sort of worth it because the gear is still changing. There's new stuff coming out. I've mm. been developing a lot of stuff with other companies that we haven't released yet on purpose because we don't want to release it before the racing starts and it can be, get copied, etc. So I'm sure the other companies too that are in the FPV industry have their own little tricks that they haven't uh, released yet. So And you've got a pretty aggressive stack height there as well, right, which is stopping some of the digital solutions going in, I guess. Yeah, correct. So this is able to carry some 30 by 30 stacks just. So for the first year of racing, back in 2019, I was running the Foxia F722 dual flight controller and the T-Motor F55 amp uh, 30 by 30 ESE. So you can just fit 30 by 30 in this if you have to, and that did end up paying off for me where I could use this essentially a year early for me finding a 2020 stack that I liked. Um, 
but then yeah it's really optimized for 20 by 20 and it's also built specifically to house tbs electronics so your right. receiver and video transmitter i mean you'll probably find other receivers that fit pretty well but video transmitters you basically just want to go with the pro 32 or the just the pro nano you don't really want to go with anything else because have you been tempted by any of these combined VTX and uh, and RX solutions like the 69? Yeah, I've played with some packaging recently. I'm trying to work out how I would build a new quad. I've actually have started developments on a new frame. I'm not sure when we'll actually end up releasing because this is actually still way too quick for me. Um, <laughs> but I want to I want to have something eventually to move to in the event that one day on the right track or in the right scenario, I want a bit more, whether it's to make up for my lack of skill or, you know, whatever scenario it might be. So even a few times back in 2019, I had to utilize the top speed of this thing to sort of uh, claw my way back on certain events. So having more ability is always good. So even though I'm sort of still got a long way to go before I'm anywhere near the limit of this, I do wish to have something to jump to ready um in the monitors in the props in the frame just everywhere so we're working on new things some of it's worked some of it hasn't it's sort of hard at the moment because it's there's a lot of compromises that you make for more performance and i don't really want to compromise so i just have to work out new things that work and don't compromise uh, so it's been a bit of a journey um but the good thing is this year i do have a dedicated r d budget so i can actually spend money to learn and accumulate knowledge and test things myself. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we find some good things eventually and we can put it together in the form of a new frame or an upgraded JS1. And it, it cool. looks like the camera tells what, about 45 degrees on that? Quite. quite yeah, hot. correct. I like 45. So with the current lenses, the field of views are pretty insane. So for me, 45, I can stay leaned over quite a lot, but still see like the horizon pretty comfortably so for some of the 3d elements like your towers and that it can get a bit challenging at full stick but um i think i just need to learn how to fly around it for now not really too concerned about that yet so and if i wanted to i can always up the tilt more but 45 so far has been really comfortable not being tempted to uh just have full rocket motors and you just light them instantaneously and just just go Honest. I want to try it for a video one day. I think it would make for a really enjoyable video. Um, but I'm not sure how practical it would be for real racing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's been good, though. This thing, it's been... Plus factoring. It's done its job. Um, you can't really see this if you're, well, if you're listening to it. You can't see this. But um, the JS one's pretty thin. So it's basically everything's built to have just enough to finish a race. So it's got what I call race durability, which is basically enough that, you know, if I did send this into the ground in the middle of a race, I should be able to get back up and finish. But uh, you will need alarms and things. So it is really more on the performance end than the durability side. But it gets the job done. So it protects the electronics. Um, there have been a lot of occasions where you've had mid-airs, ended up, you know, in a situation where you should have been out of the race. But it's held itself together long enough to finish and get the job done. <clears throat> and then, yeah. What, exactly. what, are, what, are, yeah. what are the arms? About five mil carbon? Uh, five mil thick, yeah. And then the actual shape tapers the whole way through. So depending on where you are in the geometry, 
it's always a little bit different. So just to try and maximize. Get the clean air through that. Yeah, just performance and strength. As much strength as we can and stiffness. Mm. So in this case, I think we were more limited by stiffness than strength for my use case. So, so just trying to... I'll go ahead. Yeah. Are you still getting faster? Then you, you're kind of implying earlier that you know you're you're still not able to push the frame to its limits. Do you think that another season you're going to be at the limits of that frame and you'll have to go back to the drawing board, or where do you stand um, on that? I think I feel like by next year I could be at eighty percent of its ability. I feel like mm. that'd be probably fair. It's like it depends on what elements there are. Um, there's a lot of tracks even now. There's a track the other day where I just throttle limited to 65%. <laughs> so I was just like, this is too much to handle. I'm going to drop this down. I just feel like having fun today. So a lot of the time I'll force myself to fly on full power just to have it as a backup in a real race. So just, you know, get used to what the stick feels like. Even if I'm not actually using the full ability, just what the travel feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that day I was just like, nah, I'm too tired. I just want to enjoy this day. So I just throttle limited the thing right down. So sort of a comfortable pace, and I'm just like, yeah, this is good. So because then you get what all K- the handling characteristics, and I'll pardon. What KV are the motors that you're running? Uh, two thousand KV. Uh, yeah, and there are two three six and a half stator, so pretty beefy. Uh, but the props I run, at least compared to what sort of the standard is at the moment, they're a bit on the heavier side. So we do need the torques to. Get these mode, get these pops to spin up to optimal RPMs and perform the best. Which now, you do. <laughs> I was going to ask. I may be imagining this, and it's it's probably happened before COVID, which means it's all a blur. But I thought at some point you were out testing the DJI FPV system and taking it around the track, and then compared what you did with analog. And analog was still faster, but I just wondered if you went back and you've done any more with it, or do you ever think it's going to be raceable compared to analog? Um, is this the FPV combo or the FPV just the video transmitting? Um, uh, just just the the FPV part. Um, I think it's still a long way off at the moment. If we're talking purely performance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of other things that need to be sorted out. That being said, there are something updates to it, right? So you don't really know. I think as long as it keeps getting support, it can sort of go either way. Um, yeah, so I'm sort of, I'm not really diving into it myself. Like I'm just sort of updating as I go every few months and retesting everything to keep up to date. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. The HG Zero stuff's looking actually pretty promising. So from everyone I've spoken to about it, uh, it sounds like that guy's doing a lot of work that to actually get this done. Uh, it's pretty hectic for a one-man operation. Yeah, there was a, a video that Madstech over here in the UK put out just a couple of days ago where they, they spent a long time, like over an hour, talking um Mads and uh, Carl Zhao, the, the founder of HD Zero, and they went into a, a lot of the the slow growth that he's been doing and how we went from Shark Bite to HD Zero. And it, it sounds like the guy is actually re-implementing a lot of the chips to, to get the size down, to get the efficiency up, and to get the cost down as well. So it, it sounds very promising, and I imagine it's not going to be the last we hear from uh, HD Zero. 
he made it a comment that he's very keen to get 90 fps for racers and he's very keen to get a 1080p option for uh, freestylers and other people as well so sounds wow. interesting 90 fps would be just amazing wouldn't it yeah i was mm -hmm. gonna say even at the weight that the uh, board is at the moment that'd be the kind of thing that would probably bring a lot of people over so interesting factoid from that carl zau was actually the guy who who wrote the screen driver chips in a lot of these oled goggles um oh. the screen driver for the sky zones and for the hdos were apparently created by carl and, and he created the chipsets to to run car backup cameras about 15 years ago or something oh, wow that yeah, is the, really the guys, interesting the guys had a, a varied life around video yeah well i just okay. sent him a friend request this morning i think it was the last night to have a chat with him about all the stuff that he's actually doing sort of keen to know and get a head around it and try and start with that well start to play catch up with what they've actually yeah, done we'll be so pretty really cautious with it so i think it's probably like i say over the last couple of weeks we sort of decided we're going to look into it more and have a proper yeah. serious analysis of it and where it's going and even for us what things we might want to develop around it so even maybe sooner rather than later so we're gonna we're gonna still feel it out but i i think hey is probably the closest at the moment I think be? the good thing is he's actually looking at all the elements, not just HD, because a lot of people yeah. sort of think about it and just say, oh, HD, you know what I mean? Well, it goes beyond that. Frame rate is a really important one, but like you just brought up, that's a, I'm a critical one. I look at yeah. like, I'm obviously nowhere near Thomas's skill level, but I look at his video and I realize because he's flying faster around some elements, he might do element one and element two. He might only get like, for argument's sake, 10 frames to work with. Whereas um, when I do it, I've got like 15 frames to work with. And when I look at his dev, yeah, I think, well, I can't, I haven't got enough information to make that decision. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I think having the higher frame rate is critical. Obviously, that's going to make for even faster and better flying, reducing the size of the device and weight. Well, then the argument of, well, I don't want to go HD because it's heavier is out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in my opinion, he's ticking off all the critical issues, not just saying HD is better. And just purely from a resolution point of view and saying um, HD means you can see more. And that's not always the case, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that he's actually ticking off all those little critical areas, I think, is what's going to make the massive difference. Yeah, I wish the guy good luck. And he, he doesn't want to go and make hardware. That's one point he kept ramming home. He wants other people to go make it. He's got Fox Air on board now. You yes, say you're a Fox Air team. So you might be yeah. able to hit up Foxair for some of that. Yeah, that'd be really good. Because Foxair sort of changed their tune over the last couple of years, would you say, Tom? Uh, it feels like a couple of years, but it was actually before that. It was the, like mid-2018. Yeah. They started doing the, really the good The quality stuff. started improving, and they tried to actually make better gear. Um, I'm not saying the gear wasn't great back then, but it's actually more consistently better. Yeah, they started so, pushing um, the pulse. There's yeah. no one else pushing them. They were actually doing things purely because they wanted to. And a lot of the stuff that they've been releasing over the last few years has been purely out of their own love for the hobby. Or the initiative or whatever the motivation Yeah, is. not necessarily. Yeah. Like, you know, you're pushing stuff. people to actually produce better quality stuff, whereas all of a sudden they're actually doing that too without us initiating it. And all of a sudden you might get a component to test and say, we'll change this, this, and this. This should actually improve X, Y, Z. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's really good, you know what I mean, rather than just putting out a product. So hopefully the fact that they're taking on this HD Zero stuff will be positive um, for the industry and get other people on board. 
Someone's got to step first. Yes, step exactly. And that's why it's, it's not even to um, whether you like Elon Musk or not, whether you think he's a nutcase or he's brilliant or whatever the case may be. The fact that he sort of pushed for electric cars and everyone thought it was a stupid idea at the time. And he got so much, you know, um, I suppose criticism from literally everyone. But now look at all the big manufacturers that are coming out mm-hmm. with electric cars. I don't think if that hadn't occurred, I don't think we would have got the uptake of electric cars. Whether electric, I'm not arguing whether they're good or bad or whatever, but it's still, I mean, it took that one company sort of to push it. And now we've got Toyota and everyone else jumping on board. Yeah, I mean, it, well, if you rewind that even further, right, petrol engine cars looked like a big gamble back at the early 1900s where the sensible Absolutely. choice was to run steam. How many yes. people out there rocking a steam car these days? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think I'm sure it's one of two. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe an totally. ship. Definitely in England. <laughs> yeah. The old steam Land Rover. So oh, you mentioned also you're running a 2306. That's not a racer size or 2306.5, right? I always I mean, hear about yeah, the racers with the 22s. Yeah, 22s I think have always been more popular. Like from, I mean, back to even 2016, they were the more popular choice. Honestly, just in our testing, this just worked out to be the best result for us. Obviously, too, each company, even though like you've got a stator size and a KV, they can sort of mean very different things for each company. Well, KV, I think, is usually pretty consistent, but stator sizes, depending on what company you go to, you always need to just compare within their tree, not really this one to that company's one. So, um, right. in our so testing, you're saying you don't necessarily believe that a 23mm stator in one company is equivalent to a 23mm stator in another company? Yeah, there correct. Stator design, uh, the materials used in the stator, uh it all makes a difference so um there's a lot of stuff that we've been playing with where you'll have two motors that if you measure them they're both a 2306 but you put them on the racetrack and they perform very differently they feel very different so it's all about how the status are designed um you know the materials you use the processes you use to create them um, I mean, even like a probably a big one that we didn't expect with these, because these were always just going to be a lighter, more durable V1. That was the original plan. Um, because we're winding to such a high KV, uh, at least for 6L, and we're also using a silver core winding, there was a fairly high failure rate by team motor standards in the um, in the production, right? So there might be that they had to originally was like a 90-something... 96, 95% success rate or something. So it's like 5% of the motors that have to get scrapped because the, the actual winding um, material wasn't good, right? So when they do their testing, they're like, okay, these mm. ones are cut out. Um, short, shorting out or snapping the winding or? Uh, just not good quality material. The process that they were using to make it wasn't actually consistent. It had produced and when they do the KV test, the KV test might have been outside of the min-max and yeah, all high resistance, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So this time around for the V2s, they worked on a new process to get more consistency. That's all they were after. Was we wanted a more consistent production. We wanted a higher rate of success with what product we produce. Uh, inadvertently, with the way that they changed their processes, we got an actual efficiency increase just on the winding alone. It's got better thermal conductivity. Uh, the resistance doesn't go up as much when the motor gets hot. And so in trying to improve the process so we have a lower failure rate in the factory, we actually just ended up with a more efficient 
uh, cooler, just overall better winding. And well, like if you look at the high, they look just about the same as the old ones, as far as the mm. core goes. You can see the uh, colors a bit darker, it's a bit higher copper content, but the actual performance is way increased. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Back to motors. Right. Okay, so back to, yeah, so a lot of those motors that would have failed, they get taken out when Toyota does their testing, right? Oh, bless you. Um, Sorry, I thought I hit the mute then, but I missed. <laughs> no, good. Um, so a lot of those get taken out. That being said, on their V1s, the most common way that they would die is in racing, you obviously accumulate damage, right? You crash into things, mm. things move out of shape. And then once they get to a point where things were out of tolerance enough, when the bearings were sort of a bit rattly in that, then there would be enough resistance in the motor that it would start to cook if you sent it right. So a lot of the time, you'd sort of start to notice the enamel starting to get a bit crispy. And then I'd usually, I'd actually just give those motors to dad uh, for his spec quad. Because that would like, at that point, with the throttle limit and everything, they actually never get to the point where they get hot enough to have any issues. Um, but in the proper heat of a race, like if you put enough wear on the motor, and you didn't really care for it, keep it clean or whatever, or if it just got to the point where it was too bent out of shape, yeah, it would overheat usually, rather than just end up sort of too banged up to work. But then it was the being banged up that made it overheat in the first place. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, the V2s are way more tolerant. Like, you right. can put them through significantly more things that you shouldn't do to a motor, <laughs> and they don't tend to cook. Um, even, like, I think a big reason for that, too, is that we actually were able to improve the raw strength of the motor to begin with um around the base of the motor we increased the strength by about 40 percent and we added like point that's a lot it was like point three of a gram of material but just in the right spot so and we saved weight out of another areas which is what allowed us to do that we were able to save a lot of weight and then go we've got all these savings can we add any back in that'll net a big gain and in that case it was sort of a no-brainer you're adding a touch of material but the durability went up significantly and it was like well okay let's just go with that uh, and it's been really good we've got one of the guys in the u.s that's been running them that was sponsored by team motor recently um and he's been in shock with how durable they've been which for me it's what i consider as race durability um but for him it's been a big step up i guess so it's been good hearing that and sort of knowing that it's been working especially on side on impacts where like if you sort of flatten out for something and you happen to impact the the motor on the side which is like the worst, worst, case worst scenario. Case scenario um he's been able to get away with some of those crashes that previously you couldn't obviously you hit anything hard enough you're going to break something but it's sort of um the world of racing is mitigating risk as much as possible and trying to find the right balance of redundancy to straight out performance and you're a two bolt motor kind of guy aren't you and you're not using aluminium yes. so two bolts and then but i'm still supporting all four with the so full base support yeah full mm -hmm. base support and that just stops the motor from getting like levered and uh broken off so yeah that's sort mm -hmm. of my balance there where i save a bit of weight with just using the two bolts but at the same time 
the whole base is still supported, so it can't like leverage up and twist and damage the base. Because we are still working with aluminium, and aluminium is still soft. Yeah, I've got I've got a really uh, weird question to ask you guys. Um, do you remember when you guys got to hang out with the army? Did they let you have a go of their little mini helicopter quad? Yes. yes. No way. It was mind blowing. Can I can I share the first encounter with that little quad, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'd seen that little quad before, uh, but not fly. And we had this was back in probably 2019, I think it was. 18. We had the um, what was it called? MIDRT. What was it? Military International Drone Racing Tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the the event had actually finished, and I was having a chat with a few people. It was pretty quiet. There was no quads flying. And Thomas like tapping my shoulder, like, Dad, Dad, you know what I mean? I'm like, what? You know what I mean? He goes, look up. And this thing was probably flying, how far would you say, Tom? Probably five meters? 20 meters away? No, I was away? that. 10 meters? It's really close. Okay, so say about 10 meters away. But you couldn't actually hear it at all. And it was a realization that this little thing that looks like a toy could be flying really near you and you wouldn't even know. Um, like and then, yes, 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 that's yeah. it. Um, and then uh, was it earlier this year or late last year when they were actually at our flying field, they actually let us have a fly with it. And um, Is it the same controls or is it different? It's not fly, like flying a traditional drone. Um, it's more like, would you say a Mavic, Tom? It's sort of like a Mavic, but you've got solid buttons that you're using to interface with it. There's no touchscreen. Yeah. Mm. So and it's these solid at... buttons. You like you select, you like set your airspeed and your turning rate, and then you can like unclick it or reclick it. Um, and they can do like waypointing and everything. So 25 minute flight time on it. Um, it's really really quiet. You can um, uh, do thermal imaging and all that sort of stuff. Like we had our time. No system. way. And you could fly over it, like over the track, and you'd see this like little bit of a orange glow where the timing system was at the start gate. Or if you flew anywhere near the cars, you could actually see those. If there was kangaroos in the bushes, you would see their thermal <laughs> heat signature. Um, yeah. Well, even last I mean, time, we got back from lunch, and you could see the tyres in the car were warmer than the other tyres. Yeah, so one car had hot, warmer tyres than the other, other cars. So... Um, even that looks like a little toy. It's really mind blowing what they think of do. Frame rate of the video is really like what would you say? Five frames per second. Uh, it's like, like variable. It's not like great. Five you know to I mean? fifteen. But if you use Depending it for reconnaissance and things like along those lines, it's really, really an impressive little toy. I'd love to have one. Really want one. But I I'm probably like, sixty thousand dollars short. Because I remember seeing some of the video from it because they got that big sort of ruggedized control thing. Yes, and it kind of. Because it doesn't stabilize, but it the video was sort of yes. uh, rotating, yeah. so you always yeah. had that the sort of horizon was straight, and the video was just rotating around it. That was yeah. really clever but stuff in there. Even the fact that it's got yeah. the cameras that could do I can't remember what the four or five modes is, but you've also got um, a little tiny device. Forget all what the cameras can do; it can fly for like twenty five minutes, and that's just insane. Like this little tiny thing can fly for twenty five minutes, just mind blowing. Oh, they've got they got NASA. Super batteries, aren't they? They got, got secret batteries, which they haven't. This thing was actually retired in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, but their, so their technology is like now. Versions. So... 20 years ahead of ours. We're like, and that... we're we're bashing rocks together and stuff. Yeah, you know, this like... thing is an 18 gram drone, and that's yeah. the old model. 
Yes. Yeah. I think the new one, they increase the rate by 30%. So yeah, like and it's got a laser on it, and it can like <laughs> launch missiles. They've like they they've put a data logger in for Thomas's flying, so it flies better and faster, yeah. probably. I wonder what it'd be like in the wind, though. It, it was it struggles it's really impressive. Yeah. It, like it has like sort of a ball of airspace that it holds in. Like when it holds, it's not like it's like still. It's like there's like a like an area, like maybe like it's this. moving around. And it sort of just stays in that general oh, okay. ball of space. So that's how, like, when I was flying it, I sort of just treated it like almost like I'm in, like, a two-meter ball or maybe, like, a 1.5-meter ball. And I would just be, like, pilot the big ball in the right direction. And then it'll sort of stay in that general spot, if that makes sense. And the funny so, stories they've sort of shared with us are things along the lines of – um it's um, crashing because it ran out of power, whatever, and they've got to go and find it. Now, the problem you have is, like, when we're looking for our quads, it's not such a big deal, but this <laughs> thing's tiny. Yeah. If you step on it, you've just crushed, like, freaking $30,000 worth of... Um, yeah. No, no, little... guess how, guess how much grand, the, the thing actually cost, because I've seen the... 70000 $60,000 oh, wow. $60, a piece. Oh, wow. 30 of them. Oh, no. Apparently, a pile small enough that could fit in a soldier's helmet um well 1.4 million quid us 1.8 million wow to be fair though as soon as you sell something to the military you do bump the price up i'm sure i saw this video where the military are trying to launch this thing and it was definitely a skywalker just it just had camo painted on it and thus it was like 50 grand and he kept throwing it into the ground for some reason he couldn't launch it yes i remember that one i remember saying that because that was hilarious yeah. The Black Hornet, though, does have some crazy tech in it that's just... I don't even know how they shrink it down to that size and make it work. So I think for them, all the development is in that super lightweight airframe, those beautiful balanced propellers that are, like, the tiniest, thinnest piece of carbon that you've, like, ever seen. Um, I think and then one that person makes them, isn't it? There's yeah, one person that one... makes those... Yeah, there's only one person that can do it. Like they apparently they tried sourcing another company, and that company was like way less efficient. Yeah. So there's like one dude that can do it, and then all of the electronics is just it's super robust. The link, like with the amount of things you can fly behind, and just the fact that it's so relentless, and the fact that it just always works, um, it's it's a really impressive platform. So and even like the amount like we're hearing some of the stories of like some of the stuff they've done when they've been on tour with those. Um, like the amount of soldiers and villages and stuff that's already saved. Because you can like have them run perimeter searches and then you have like a central dude that sort of, you know, manages them all. And then it'll like alert if it sees something like in its perimeter search. And they've done that before where they've like had like an ambush getting set up around them. Um, and they've been able to get everyone out without ever having a firefight. That's so cool. yeah, it's done really good work. So it saves lives for sure. Yeah. And you can't see it or hear it because it's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that was probably the most mind-boggling thing at that um, event when the event was over and it was actually hovering so close to us and I had no idea that it was there at all. And it was out in the open. Like, I, I wouldn't have known. The yeah, there was no bush It was literally over the land. Yeah. So um, it was over clear skies, so you could actually see it if you looked up, but I didn't actually know it was there. Uh, when I was having this conversation with some guys. And um, 
just a realization that if you were out in the bush or something like that and this thing was sort of doing patrols, you wouldn't even have any idea it was actually there. You wouldn't see it. You just wouldn't. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a shame some of the stuff. I'd love to play with a thermal camera, but to civilian people, they're highly, um, uh, well, you. Over, over in the UK, you're not allowed to get more than what is it about five frames a second or something. And, oh and yeah, your, your detector can't be too much of a high resolution, so you're really oh, restricted wow. on it. Because I was looking at that that new, um, I say looking, I saw the videos about that new DJI quad, which they're they're doing as a sort of rescue platform, yeah. which looks astounding in the fact that you can have that uh, sort of telephoto lens and it's stable enough that you can zoom right in. And there's there's no wobble on it. I thought that was that was a really a really nice piece of uh, tech they they managed to put out there, and it was mm. recording in thermal and everything else as well, and all the cameras going really yeah. nice. So this stuff that I feel like DJI just always puts out bangers as far as cool drones go. Like they just keep doing it. It's so impressive. Got another one in five days' time, haven't we? <laughs> Mini oh, three, right. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like yeah, right oh, from yeah. the Mavic. Like from right when they released the Mavic as a response to Karma, like they've just never yeah. stopped. They've just been relentless in their releases, and they're just getting better and better. So, it's I, I just I just love the fact that the Karma fell out of the sky. You know, <laughs> it was just like, and then had to get recalled. It's just like, what the? Like you can't make that- this up. Yeah, but that, that really was th- broke GoPro, and I wouldn't like that to happen because I still use a lot of GoPros. So. Same. It must have been the, the best piece of marketing I'd ever seen, though, when basically DJI let uh, GoPro go first, and they're like, look, we can fit this in our backpack. And then the DJI just strode out and took the Mavic out of the pocket, and then this is this is our new drone, just, just to demonstrate how... how uh, ahead of the game they were just within like a week of release yeah what are some mental. criticisms of the flight performance in the latest DJI people saying the arms are getting a bit flexy and it's a little bit wobbly and can't really do wind mm. I don't think they've got it entirely sewn up maybe uh, Skydio and others can get a foot in Skydio is very impressive there's some awesome there's one I was watching uh, I think it was on iFondo's YouTube channel and it was like one that was the idea was you don't really control it. Oh, you just sort of tell it to take off and it just follows you. And it's got like the most insane collision avoidance where it's like able to like go around power lines and stuff. Well, some, they don't say it's meant to, but I found no tested it and it did. And it was just like the fact that the controls were literally just take off and then mm. it would just follow you and make up the shots as it goes. I thought that was just like, wait, we're really at that stage now where you can just have this level of automation even in a camera? Yeah, I think I think the Scardio does that, Scardio 2. I've seen that. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been... riding through mountain biking through trees and it's following yes. them and going over and under. Yeah. And... yeah. There might be the brand I was talking about. Yeah, I don't actually remember trick. the brand name. But, yeah. The Scardio big party trick is that really sophisticated ob- obstacle avoidance where it can just go through an avenue of trees without mm. dropping a beat, you know, and it'll track you like the trees aren't even there. Yeah. Just keeping out of their way. That's actually amazing. Mm. Dude, that could be a fun game. Hide and seek. <laughs> if, you, you lose yeah. the, if you lose the lock, then, then you win. Have you have you guys done anything with Mighty Car Mods yet? 
at least. I'd please, love to. Love... I, I'd love to one day. So you got, you got to get on big, it. Big time. Yeah. One day. Well, they're up north. They're in Sydney, so they're probably what a good eight and a half yeah, hour drive from us. Eight hour drive from us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully one day guys. they need they need our. Yeah. They, well, they got to re-register that super. So you know, I'm sure they'll yeah. have no idea. Mm, I I don't I say I love to I want to meet them one day and work with them so they seem like yeah. a, a really fun group of guys and I feel like I can't get into the production value now it's getting so good their share mate they, they own a whole workshop now it's oh, so uh, good it actually sort of just brings me so much joy of where they've like gone to and the like just the the quality of the projects and how they've just incrementally improved everything and they've just I can't believe how regularly they're uploading too. Like it's it's yeah. it's such an impressive job they're doing. I'm not sure is is Mook still doing music full time. I think he so. Must have been in, is he still? Because that's that's mind blowing. They that's how they both met. They both do music. Yeah. So you know, because I I I uploaded some studio stuff. I'm still waiting for the Lily drone. <laughs> what is that? Is that oh god, Vernon? Shit. One word, micro drone. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, Vernon's gone very quiet lately, hasn't he? So someone, someone messaged on that episode that they're still waiting. You know, it's it's like it's like that ultimate backer guy. You know, uh, it's like we we don't need. Backer. Was the whole shtick like we don't need sophisticated kind of flight control because we can fix it all with this amazing gimbal, which is using brush motors, and it's still going to be amazing because science, and it just never quite, never quite worked. Yeah, yeah. I well, think we need we need to for that as well, didn't he? Backing boys. Uh-huh. I think we might need to go see Alan, and yeah. <laughs> The whole video. plan on that seemed to be like sell it down the supermarket, getting as many hands as possible. It uh, sounded like they never quite made that made that work. Yeah. Well, I think they got it in zero hands, as as far as I can tell. Well, there were a couple of revisions, weren't there? But they uh, didn't really work by the sound of it. Was it just the latest one? He he delivered something, hadn't he, with that micro drone concept, and he was going back for a V two or a V three, V four. This this is all oh, right. This is this is V four, and there was there was much annoyance that he raised another three million dollars or so, yeah. and has still not delivered anything to a lot of backers. Mm. Although I I feel it's kind of the dead horse flogging as far as talking yeah. about Vernon and the microdrone and the lack of <laughs> any trains for that one. There were a lot of people who rode the first few years of uh, Indiegogo and stuff like that, where people thought it was a marketplace instead of a betting shop. People <laughs> people still believe in, in crowdfunding, unfortunately. They they see the video and they're like, this is amazing, we've got to get behind this one. And uh, despite of of what a lot of people can say, I mean, it, some things, it you know, it, it works. People producing, uh, get the budget together to do like video games and uh, art projects and things like that. It can work when you see electronics and it's like, this is a, a render of what we want to do. What do we then got it's here? Harder. What's what the do we a symbol on the front or something? This is I knew this my, was going to come. Yeah, my only crowdfunded thing that I've bought 
Oh, what is it? Kinetic driver. Yeah. Oh. So, mind you, the irony oh, yes. is I like never work on computers. No, nope. so. don't say that out loud, Siri. <laughs> so, yeah, because I never work on computers. I don't actually need this. But the idea is it's on a bearing. And like when you, from the pressure of the weight, you literally just spin this. And like with momentum, it'll unscrew your computer screws. And does it work very, on quads then? No, not for quads because our stuff's pretty rough. Sort of the whole marketing campaign, yeah, uh, campaign for it was this is something that you don't need. It's absolutely <laughs> not necessary. Yeah. It's the greatest <laughs> mask said, yeah. I do need it. I do. do not need this. Oh, no serious tool comes in a combination it's... of mirrored finishes like that, right? That's yeah. All engineers know. There's, here's the rule for engineers. Like, this is a tool. If I don't have it, then I must need it because <laughs> I don't have it. Yeah, I just thought so, it was the most beautiful thing ever. I, like, unscrewed, I think I unscrewed the black plate of a broken computer for fun. I was like, oh, this works perfectly. And then I put it away and I haven't touched it since. <laughs> so, How much did you this, pay I don't, Oh, I don't remember. Because I, 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 I bought one with a friend. Because <laughs> it's like a friend and I, we just group bought it together. That way we got, come under the one shipping. So I don't actually remember what it was because it was years ago. Because you know how crowdfunding goes because you buy something and it'll never go to plan. It always is late. I mean, at least oh, you got something that past. looks nice at the end. Yeah, I love well, these electric this screwdrivers. This guy was pretty popular, and so mm. I sort of trusted it was going to come through eventually. And well, so David Windsor was involved in that too, wasn't he? He's the one that recommended it, wasn't it? I think he's friends with the guy. I don't think he actually worked on yeah. it. But yeah. I was yeah, like, David built it, would have had a rocket on to give it some more torque. Yeah, naturally. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they made the maker knife, you know, the little... I've seen it. Slide, it looks really slide cool. Out one. Not for sale any longer. I tried to buy one of those. Looked awesome. Mm. Yeah. So I know I got offered one. I said, no, I'm all right. And I should have been like, yes, I will take one. <laughs> the trouble is, is that I didn't know the legality of it around here because essentially it could have been a considered a flick knife. Well, you Even don't need it at your like, bench, though, don't you? It's not like you're taking it to open sandwiches when you're out, is it? Mate, I can't even recycle properly without the police <laughs> detaining me. <laughs> you know. I, I was I was going to say that other electric screwdrivers have proven useless. I saw uh, Pavel uh, from INAV renew the, uh, re renew? review the WOW stick, which is supposed to be this awesome, eel dancing electric screwdriver that looked beautiful and came with about 300 different bits. And the thing couldn't produce enough torque to undo an M3 screw, so it was yeah, just. I've got a, I've got a really good one. It was like, um, it was given to me from uh, someone in Korea. Uh, it was a proper Korean built little screwdriver, and that thing's been really good. I use that all the time. Uh, I'll go run down and grab that. But I was going to say, Dad, did you want to sh share your electric screwdriver which, thing that you got? Because you bought one. Yeah, that's pretty. But that's more for really you, tiny, tiny things. So I can't. Yeah, that works well there. It's good for taking apart GoPros and things like that, but you wouldn't use it for quads and it just hasn't got enough torque, like you said, you know what I mean? So it's a real specialty tool, if that kind of makes sense. And it's, it's tiny, the one I've got. I bought it for, through Amazon. Um, but yeah, I only use it if I'm doing something really, really fine work. I've used it um, for GoPros and things along those lines. And Thomas has gone to get his little, are you going to yeah, get a little tool? Go into the FPV room. 
So we've got oh a whole God, room FBV dedicated room. for FBV. FBV yes. room, nice. Oh, my yeah. God. I've got an FBV cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a whole room. You got a, what do you mean? you got a wall, Tony. Well, I've got a wall. Several walls. So, I use this TVS bits here. No way, oh, the eye fix it. That cool. And then... The balls are a little bit bent on this cord. It's my practice cord. It gets all the abuse, but... This one's really good there. This one's really, Red really good. Earphone high. users. Headphone oh, yeah. users. Sorry. Uh, yes. It's not that bad, I don't know. That looks Big. good. Yeah. I'd use that. Is it not a make on it in case anyone does want to purchase it? Oh. Uh, so it tries to recreate. It looks a lot chunkier than one Pebble was. Hyber. Hyber made in Korea. How do, how do you spell that? H-Y-B-R-O. H-Y-B-R-O. Yes. So this there is amazing. It, it works flawlessly. I use it in my motor bolts. Um, I just use a bit of thread lock. That way it actually stays. Because the torque is probably a, a bit on the lower side compared to like if you did it by hand. But uh, touch wood, I haven't... But that's enough I haven't dropped the bolt give yet. a little bit of a twist if you want at the end. Just to get the yeah. just right. I don't know how to use thread lock. We all flick of the wrist. <laughs> yes. Yes. I actually use that tool a lot when I've actually 3D printed stuff and I want to screw in M3 bolts into it because it holds it perfectly like um, you can hold straight. it uh, at right angles to, to what, you, what you're going into and it just quickly winds it straight in. You get a nice thread on the plastic as it sort of taps into it. That's probably the only one that we use regularly. And it's actually yeah. really good if you're building multiple quads too. Yeah, yeah saves your wrist. Saves. Yeah. Yeah, speed it up. No worries. Um, right, I think that's all we've got time for. Um, I've got a bit of a, a cool call to action. Um, the a massive shout out to um, to L, who is uh, Stephen's partner. Uh, like, we now have a working website. Ooh. So if you let's go to let's drone out.com um we, we, we had a, a rather have... stuck website and it's now working um we also found a plug-in where we could put our t-shirt shop up there as well so you can go and find your let's drone out merchandise um and there's also been talk of maybe putting some other merchandise there uh we know jack's selling stickers uh not available on the site yet but uh we we're wondering if anyone would be interested in Let's Drone Out LiPo straps. Standard strap size for a 5-inch with a metal buckle, uh, rubberized strap, Velcro, all the usual premium stuff, probably made by RJX with a, a Let's Drone Out logo on it. So a nice solid strap. If you are interested, let us know and how many you would be interested in. Um, ping us on Discord or any one of the social media things that we're on which you can also find out on letsdroneout.com, which lists all the social media channels that we have, should you be unsure as to where we are online. Uh, and, yeah, let us know if you'd like a battery strap or, or even anything else that might be on your mind. Yeah, if you... Uh, the other the other thing is uh, we really, really need some ratings on our, uh, on our podcast. So if you can go to the... Apple Podcasts, 
uh, website for Let's Drone Out. I post, posted a link in the uh, in the chat. And if you could give us a rating that's uh, a bit better, because we've had a few back in the day that have marked us lower. Uh, so we're only four and a half stars. Let's so Drone Out like, Social Media Army. Come on. Yes. Yay. Give us some love. Bring us, give up, us some love. <laughs> bring us up to five stars. Thank you guys uh, for everything. Um, massive thank you to all our Patreons. We re-recorded the the intro. Uh, we'll need to do a bonus podcast, so we will do that. But yeah, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, and you, you thanks Paul to- and Tom for getting up early. Yeah. Thank you. This is actually a good practice for me because we're going to start traveling for racing soon and waking up at 4 a.m. More racing videos coming from you guys as well. Yeah. Yes. We should have one this week, actually. Can you show what we're racing? What you raced? Yeah. I raced this thing. The dildo drone. Yes. Oh, my word. That does look crazy. You broke yeah, it, and you fixed it. It's running. Why is it? 2203.5. It's yes. 3D printed, right? Um, how many races do you think it survived? Okay, we've got one. Half. Two. Okay. What was the number? It was two, wasn't it, Tom? Or one uh, and a half, wasn't it, really? They really one got like two laps in the second race. It's got yeah. to be challenging to get that thing through a gate. Yeah. You you well, can't really yeah. slow down with a design like that, right? Or it's just going to pitch over. Uh, it's not too bad. The hard thing with it is, um, you sort of get used to like the, the throttle being pretty sort of forgiving at the upper end because obviously as the cord gets momentum and drag, you know you need a lot more throttle to go a little faster, right? Um, because this has like so much surface area front on. But then like the as you tilt over, the actual surface area goes down. The drag gets reduced. It makes the throttle feel like really linear, like speed wise. Like the relationship yeah. between the throttle and speed is more proportional. But that means that because I'm so used to at the upper end, you can put these big throttle inputs in that does nothing. This is still really sensitive to throttle change. Mm-hmm. So you have to treat the throttle a lot more carefully. Um, and especially when you cross over 45, it's almost like a switch flicks and it feels almost like a turbo is kicking in. And so <laughs> I found myself like, almost like going up the throttle and pulling off straight away and going up the throttle and taking it back again just because I couldn't get used to sort of a, a position that I could hold. Are you still running off. a sensible camera or have you got like suicide camera? Because my th- thoughts were you probably had like a 90-degree camera, like it's looking straight out the front, but it's not it's quite, is it? Yeah, because yeah. okay. the field of use on these cameras now, they're so wide. So this is a 1.7mm lens mm. there and I, on the Foxes, it's like a – 150 degrees field of view left to right and then i don't remember what is in the vertical maybe 120 or something so it's like it's a lot of lot you can see a lot so and i think that's where even now like with the bigger field of view uh goggles and that it almost like balances out where you still have detail so yeah yeah no worries right that that is all we've got time for unfortunately but hopefully we, like you guys, if you want to come on, just ask and we just email Cole and he will make give you a spot. We so will do that if you're, for sure. If you're on the road, it's awesome to be back. 
you're always welcome we love you guys it's yeah. like we appreciate you getting up so early for us like likewise you know, we love oh, being yeah. on anyway love to catch up with hope we can get up to the uk and actually see you guys yeah. in, in person. awesome nj sends his love by the way i messaged oh. him personally and i said but he's in Denmark at the moment. So if there's any of you NJ stalkers, that's where he is. Um, but yeah, so you've been listening to Let's Drone Out. You've been joined by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitchen. Good night. Everyone's favourite, Mustache Stephen. Cheers. Bye. My darling wife. Bonjour. Paul Vitmata. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And Thomas Vitmata. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I've been Bright Until I Fly. Thank you, guys. Leave an iTunes review. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Telemetry lost.